So Acts 3, we got good news coming. If we've not met, my name's Kurt. I like to hang out here. I'm glad you're here today. Acts 3, verse 1, if you're new to Scripture reading, this is in a part of the Bible called the New Testament. This is after the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. We're checking out the early church, and we're discovering some wonderful things that we can continue to do as the church today. The big idea for today is this. You only have to give what you have. The invitation of the kingdom is to just give what you have. Give what you have. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Okay, hey, real quick. What do we know so far? One day. What day? I don't know. One day. When? Three in the afternoon. How many of you ever endured a three in the afternoon time of day? Okay, I'm just... Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. What does that tell us real quick? Like, don't just rush through the scriptures. What does that mean the lame man was doing? That's right, he was looking down. In shame, in day after day, being unable to provide for himself, he is placed there, enduring his lot in life. They looked at him and they said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Oh, could you imagine being there? Could you imagine if that day you had gone to the temple courts to pray at three in the afternoon, just doing what you do, just following through, just showing up? I'm just curious, there's a different characters and people in this story. Who do you identify with in this story? There's some main players, the lame beggar who had been lame for all of his life. Peter and John, some guys who had spent time with Jesus and were figuring out life after the Messiah 
has gone into heaven and what does it look like to continue to live out a life of faith? They had seen a thing or two. This whole crowd, where are you in the story? Where would you have been on that day? Let me ask another question. What is this story about? Like, what do we glean from the scriptures today, and how does this story mean anything to us today, and how does it change our lives? What is this story about? Why is this story recorded in the scriptures? Maybe better yet, let me ask it this way. What is true today that we believe that makes it really hard to believe this story could happen today? What gets in the way of a story like this being a story we tell today? My hope is that we will come to the scriptures, not just reading it as like a thing that was, but a God who is, and an invitation to a church that is, and a people who are global today, watching and participating in a kingdom of God reality that is breaking in to the here and now like we read about in Acts. And so here's what I want to do. I want to give us an encouragement. We should understand that this was an ordinary day with faithful practice. One day, just one day, it was an ordinary day that Peter and John were living into the faithful rhythms of grace, the faithful way of God's kingdom. It was one day at three in the afternoon, and what were they committed to? Prayer. An ordinary day with a faithful practice can become a very extraordinary day any day or time because you are making room in your life for an extraordinary God who is present, who is interested, and who is on the move. Anybody ever feel pressure like somehow this Christian life and this thing is like bigger than you are capable of? If so, good. That's where we should be. If so, good. Do you ever wonder, like, where is God? Yes, I do. So I just want us to anchor that this story matters because we see it. It's just an ordinary day. Our life is full of ordinary days. And on ordinary days, the question is, what will we continue to steward in our heart and in our mind and in our soul and the transformation, just the, the activity of our life? What will our life be about? And Peter and John, on an ordinary day, were going to the temple to pray. And on an ordinary day, they had the compassion to look on another person and see the image of God and see the possibility of what God could do because they had walked with Jesus. And they had watched Jesus. And they had learned from Jesus. And here's what I believe they know to be true about the heart of God revealed in Jesus. Is that it's our weaknesses our weaknesses are the soil for God's strength to flourish. How many of you in the room think it's an amazing story, like almost so amazing that it's hard to believe that someone who was lame from birth could be healed because they just said, in the name of Jesus, walk. 
How many of you think it's a hard story to believe? Okay, that's right. How many of you love the idea that miracles can happen? Here's the challenge with miracles. Miracles require a miraculous need to occur. None of us want to be lame from birth, but the only way you get a walk story is because somebody's weakness was the soil for God's strength to flourish. How many of you wanted to be the lame man in that story? Some of you are like, yeah, I wanted to be healed. What I'm, what I'm hoping we'll do as we engage the scriptures today, church family, is this. I hope that we'll let go of this idea we need to come in calm, cool, and collected when we're actually not calm, cool, or collected. That if we are lame, that we bring our lameness, and I'm not talking figuratively like my bad jokes or anything like that. Like, I'm just saying, like, and there are parts of our life that are not working right, that we would bring those into the community and the presence of God and say, God, here I am. Our weaknesses are the soil for God's strength to flourish. What I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. What does this mean for us today? If we were going to continue to live into the faith story we see in the early church, what does that mean we would do today? What do we learn from Peter and John? We need to pray for others. We need to pray for others. If you are a follower of Jesus, the story that God is writing in your life and in the people around you says, come get in on this. Come participate. Be a voice and an embodied presence of hope that where people are lame, we say no more in Jesus' name. That's not God's heart. That is not the way of God's kingdom. So we want to be people who will cry out for God to make things right. We need to have the, I don't even know that they had courage that day. I don't even know what was happening internally for them that day, but something that happened for them is they said, I can pray for this person because there's a need. We should pray for others. So let me give you a quick checklist of how to pray for others. Anybody have, does this feel daunting? You're like, I couldn't pray for somebody right now. I don't know how to do that. I mean, that was Peter and John. Like, they were Jesus' like, best friends. Like, they saw real stuff. I haven't seen anything like that. I don't know. We get the scriptures. We get to engage the scriptures, and then we get to practice this with one another and say, God, what do you want to do? We just give what we have. So here's how we pray. Ask. How can I pray for you right now? If they had asked the guy, what would he have said? I need money. Don't we all? But he had other needs, too, that they could see, and they could see where God wanted me to ask. How can I pray for you right now? Invite. It's not your strength or your power that heals anybody. We get to invite the power and presence of the living God. Come, Holy Spirit, come and meet the needs of this person that you know. Pray. My favorite prayer. Help. God, help. God, help. Check in with them. How's it going? How's it going? 
you feel like God's needing you right now? Do you feel like anything's happening? It's okay if the answer is no. This person had to wait a lot of days. Had to wait a lot of days. And then you plan to follow up. Hey, can I check in with you next week? Can I check in with you tomorrow? See how you're doing? Why does this help? Here's the first thing. How many of you, again, I just, I got to check the room again. How many of you would love to see a miracle happen in your life or in the life of somebody you love and care about? Okay. This is amazing. I mean, for those of you that can't see on camera, lots of hands are going up, which I think speaks to the heart of God in us, that God's heart is for all things to be made right. I'm going to show you in the scriptures in just a second. Here's what I want you to know. If it's worth praying for a miracle to happen in one prayer, in one prayer, it's worth praying again and again and again until the breakthrough of God's kingdom comes. We don't want to mistake miraculous moments for the faithfulness of healing prayer, which is you're still sick, things are still broken, the relationship is still strained, you're still discouraged, this is still not right, I will continue to pray for you. Which is why we Express love and care every time we pray. I love you and I care about your circumstance and we want God to make it right. Could we pray again in a week? Could we pray again next month? How old was the lame guy by the gate called Beautiful? How old? I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know. He was old enough and had been left there long enough that people knew him as the... Lame guy by the gate. When his life changed, the community knew it was different. If it's worth praying for a miracle once, it's worth praying until the breakthrough of God comes. How can I pray for you right now? How can I pray for you right now? And let's just talk practically. Healing is needed where the hurt is. Okay, we all, a lot of hands went up for, for miracles. Anybody ever been hurt? Yeah, welcome to humanity. Anybody experienced that, like, ache of your heart more than, like, for a second, more than a day, a season? Yes. See, as, as kingdom people, as people who posture our lives around Jesus or exploring the life of Jesus, what I want you to know is Jesus is interested in dealing in reality with where hurts are, with where fractures are, with where distress is, where things are not right is where Jesus is interested in meeting us. Healing is always needed where the hurt is. I think we love the idea of hearing st stories of healing, of hearing miracles of healing, miraculous stories of healing, but the thing is none of us want to be the person walking in hurt. The only way you get stories of healing is to have stories of hurt. It's a real tension here. I don't like being the weak one. I don't like being the one who can't go play basketball for three weeks because I rolled my ankle in an injury that used to not bother me. Now I'm like worried I need surgery. I don't like to feel hurt and pain. But what does that tell me? It tells me I have needs. 
And in this story, we see what happens when we bring our needs into the presence of community and into the presence of God, and the opportunity is for God to show up and move. So I think what we can learn from Peter and John is that as kingdom people, healing is something we desire and welcome. We just desire healing where things are not right, where things are not good, where things are not freedom and fullness. We desire God's kingdom to come. We desire the way of Jesus to come and step right into that moment. When we pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we live in the tension of this thing. There is a place where God has made it all right and good. We live in a place where it is not, and we're asking for that to come here. So we pray. I need you. We sing, I need you. God, we need you. My friend needs you. This circumstance I'm aware of needs you. We need you. These are the prayers we pray. This is the prayer of Peter and John, minding their own business, just walking in. So here are the two biggest challenges in front of us to live into our faith. One is, are you willing to give what you do have? To not opt out because you think you don't have what is needed. To not view this through what you think you lack, but to operate in a posture of faith to say, I'll give you what I got. Whatever part of my story with Jesus I have, I will make that available. Whatever I believe about God to be true, I will make that available. I will give what I have. How many people walked by that guy on that day that could have prayed for healing? At least more than one. See, humble faith is just saying what I have received from God is a gift and I will offer it back. I will give what I have. I'll just give what I have. I'll give what I have. Are you willing just to give what you have? And here's what I think you have more of than you realize. Compassion, love, care, interest in the people around you, a desire for things to be right. Like every hand going up for a miracle says you have something inside of you that says, when I see a place that a miracle is needed, I have enough faith to go, I would love to see that. Don't know that it's going to happen. Will you give what you have? How has God met you? What have you seen God do? Will you give what you have? But here's the harder part. Will you receive what you need? Will you never grow weary or tired of saying, when I have a need, I will put myself in the presence of the living God with community so that I can receive what I need and my faith story grow and my encounter with God grow again, fresh and new today, because I still need God to show up. I still need heaven to break into earth. Humble faith is not just giving what you have, Humble faith says there are places I still need. Will you receive what you need? 
Will you receive what you need? See, I think authentic faith in Jesus grows when we have authentic encounters. And the only way to get an authentic encounter with God is to walk in with what's real in your life and say, I need God to meet me where I am today. And then to let a community come around you and just walk with you over and over and over and over and over again until the need is met or the need changes. And we should never grow tired of praying. We pray every single week here at the Vineyard, week in and week out, and we will pray for the same thing week in and week out until something shifts, until the kingdom breaks through, until my mental outlook on it changes or my emotional state changes or my physical state changes because I was healed. I was encountered by the love of God. I was met in a way that was so real and tangible that at least I know God is with me. And I know that a church family is with me. And I know I'm not invisible. I know that I'm not alone. We come in here to find what we need. So when we go out there, we'll stop on an ordinary day at 3 p.m. and go, I don't have that, but let me tell you what I do have. I have a faith in a living God. I have an encounter with God two years ago that healed me. Maybe God will show up and heal you today. How do we live into this story? How do we not just read it as something distant and go, well, okay, I guess that used to happen. So here's what's interesting. I have a room of people looking at me. And if I find myself curious, I'm like, I wonder what they're thinking right now. I wonder what's like really connecting. I wonder what the objections are. I wonder what would keep them from believing this is for you or for me. Or like, how does this work? And what I know is there's tension in what I'm talking about. I have prayed for people to be healed who have never been miraculously healed. So if I only pray because I need the outcome to be miraculous, I miss the most important part of prayer, which is relationships. It's inviting God to come where I have need, and it's me moving close to someone right where they're at and saying, this matters. But what we are experiencing is the reality of this life. The tension of this life is that there is sickness, there is sin, there is brokenness, there is weakness, there is distress, there is pain, there is hurt, there is disappointment. The life is full of all of that. We get to people, be a people who will say, God, if heaven is real, let more of that come now. Let more of that come now. Build that faith story in us. Be a people who receive more deeply from God so that when we go out, we have faith to believe God is interested in meeting everybody on the street as much as he is interested in meeting us here. We proclaim Jesus now and we proclaim Jesus still to come. Listen to how Acts 3 moves. And then we're going to take some time to pray. After this incredible encounter, people are amazed. They're like filled with wonder. The Holy Spirit is at work in this place. Peter steps up and talks to the crowd. And he sort of like goes at him first, right? He actually calls something out of the crowd. He says, hey, guess what? You are the ones who killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. 
We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Then he says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. The trajectory of God's heart and kingdom is all things restored. And so right now in the in-between, we ask for that to break back in. Where there is something that needs restoration, we ask for it. Where there are places that need refreshing, we long for it. Where there are needs, where there is heartache, where there is physical pain, we ask for the Messiah, the saving one, by the power of the Holy Spirit to work in and among the church. And so we pray. And the question we have to ask every time we gather is, would we be willing to give what we have and receive what we need? On one week, you might show up and you might be the person praying for your friend and you just give what you have, love, care, compassion. And you might be the one showing up who says, I need God to show up. I need God to show up. And so we're going to take time to do both of those things now. And I don't get to determine outcomes we don't say walk in Kurt's name. To be really fair, there are days I have a lot of faith for healing to occur. And there are days that I have very little. And here's the good news. It's not about my faith. What do these scriptures stir for you? What is our time of singing together? God, I need you. Your goodness is pursuing us. Your mercy is what we need. Forgiveness through communion. These things call to all the things we need. Jesus has closed the gap that separates us from himself. He says, come to me if you're weary or tired so that I can give you refreshing. Bring your aches and your pains to me and let me go to work. Because it is the love of God poured out. It is the love of God revealed in Jesus. And if things are not right, like if you've been in a long season of things not being right, I hope you take heart in the scriptures today. So what do you need? What do you need? I'm going to offer some thoughts and we're going to take time to pray. There are a number of things in these scriptures that speak to what our needs are. And here's the first thing that my heart has been heavy for since I've, I knew I was going to preach this text and reading it is if you have been experiencing chronic pain, chronic physical pain, chronic health, chronic emotional pain, like long running, like it's not just I've hurt for a day or for a week, but if you, if normal for you is pain, 
we want to pray for you today. And, and I would just say, for any of these things that I'm going to say, or any way that God is actually just speaking to you right now, you know what you need. Like, that is the living God moving close to you in his love. This is a moment where it is not we come and we look down. This is a moment where the love of God says, son or daughter, look at me. Look at me. I love you. This is not about shame. This is about in a place that I don't know anywhere else we go. If you're hurting, this is where we come. If you have had chronic extended circumstances, it's been a long run of financial trouble. It has been a long season of waiting. It has been a long season of sickness. It has been a long season of discouragement, depression, anxiety, distress, health thing after health thing. If it has been a long season, all I know is that at some point, at some point, those seasons end with an inbreaking of grace and it did for this lame man on an ordinary day with a faithful practice. And my heart has been heavy for you who's been in a long season. And we want to pray for you today. I think the other thing is if you just know you have needs, you just go, I just have needs. I need forgiveness because I know my life. Like I was reading a social media post from this music artist, and it was so interesting. They just said, I know my life well enough to know that I'm not perfect. That's why we turn to God. We, we get to this moment in our life where we go, I am not perfect. I cannot generate what my life needs on my own. I, I, I fall short. I am weak. I would just say today, the invitation is, let your weakness be the soil for God's faithfulness to flourish. So what do you need? Here's the other thought. If you have never been prayed for before by somebody else, today would be a great day just to see what it's like. And if you don't like it, if it's really bad, then just don't ever do it again. Don't ever do it again. So let's stand together as a community. There might be other things that God wants to do. I don't know. We believe God speaks, and so we, we, we want to live into the scriptures. We want to live into the way that God meets us today. I just want to be really honest about my own. Like, if I'm going to give you what I have today, here's what I would say. Receiving prayer from my church is probably the single greatest reason I believe in God. When people have prayed for me, what I have experienced now over decades is that the presence of God comes. And it is that real for me that I cannot deny that in my life. It is maybe the most anchoring thing for me in my faith journey. And it's helped me then connect to the presence of God in other places in my life where I realize that's God showing up again. That's the faithfulness of God again. That's the faithfulness of God in worship when we're singing. I'm just telling you, if I give you what I have, I would say everybody can get prayer today. And probably everybody needs prayer today. But we're not going to make you. So if you have been dealing with long-running, chronic seasons of whatever, if you know you just need to receive today, 
if you're turning to God today, you just go, I just need to turn to God. I'm actually just going to invite you to come, if you're willing, and just come down here. Just come, and we'll pray for you. If that feels like too, well, yeah, just come. I mean, just come. You just go, today, I just need to receive from God. There is real need, and I need God to move in my life. I am tired. I am weary. I am discouraged. It is the same thing over and over and over. So as people come, here's what I'm going to give you the invitation to do. Especially small group leaders, our prayer team. If you just go, you know what? Today in faith, I can just give what I have. I see a friend. I see somebody that I've never met, but the Lord just wants me to come move. I'm going to ask you all to just come and begin to pray. And so God, we just recognize this is such a courageous move. The courage of faith to say, I need you, God. We bless that in every person today. And so, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you begin to move and meet people because that's what you do. If you are standing in your seats, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to stay eyes wide open and just watch. And here's why. I just want you to be attentive to what God's doing. We're not trying to make anything happen, but just watch. I think it's really beautiful in the scriptures that they saw the person who had a need and they asked that person to look at them. We just want to watch. We want to see what God's doing. If you see a friend that's down here, I want you just to maybe come stand by them. We don't want to stand alone. So we just say, God, would you come? Would you come? Would you pour out hope? Would you pour out healing in Jesus' name? It is you, the giver of life. You are the author of life, and we don't know anything else to do but to ask for you to come. So we say, come, Lord Jesus. As we, as we sang as a community, let your goodness be poured out. Let your mercy be poured out. Let your hope and your heart for them, the love that you have for each person, let it come in Jesus' name. Let it come. So why do we do this? Why do we do this? I just want to remind us of what Peter says in Acts 3. This is God's heart for us. Peter says, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah. So that times of refreshing may come. So that the hope of God may come, that the love of God may come. This is why we exist like as a community, is to say there's a hope. There's the possibility of something other than what we know to be the mess and the heartache and the distress and the discouragement. We stand as a people who look to Jesus and say, you are the light of the world. You are the hope of our heart. You are the one who caused dead things to come back to life. You are the one who is the author of life, which means you can set things right. You can bring healing and hope. And so this is what we do. We long for heaven to come to earth. And when we pray, we posture ourselves in humble faith, saying, God, we can't do it. 
I can't heal anybody. I can't give anybody hope. I cannot do it. But you, the author of life, come into this moment. Come into this life. Come near my friend. And so, God, would you continue to do that by your Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the part of the Trinity that you have promised for the church. So we say, come, Lord Jesus. So here's what I want to do. I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over us. I'm going to officially close our time. And you're welcome just to sit. You're welcome to watch. If you're watching some of this and you just go, you know what? I think I want to get prayer. Come get prayer. You can go grab your kids. You can bring your kids for prayer. If your kids have been sick, let us pray for them. Whatever the need is. And I just want to finish with this. I'm going to close with this too. Because some of you might be thinking like, if you want some homework this week, you're going, well, that was nice. Acts 3. Luke 5. Jesus forgives sin and heals a lame person. Peter and John watch Jesus do it. John 9. This is what it says. The story of healing in John 9. And Jesus says this happens so that the works of God might be displayed. Every time we pray for something in our life, what we're asking for is the work of God to be displayed in our life. So that's my prayer for us today, that we would take the work of God with us, and when we leave this place, it would be on display, and when we gather, it would be on display. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are meeting people today. That's your heart. That's what you love to do. We see it in the scriptures, and I've seen it in my life too. So for all of the people here today, here's what my request is. My request is that your work would be displayed in our lives that we would give what we have to the people around us, and this week we might see opportunities to pray. This week we might have opportunities to ask. This week we might receive more from you than we knew to ask for, and we would give more than we knew we could give. So we pray that this would be a community that knows the work of God and shares the work of God everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen.